0: The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters.
1: And good Tuesday morning and welcome to Wednesday morning and another midweek edition of Analyze This It's a hump day here in the territory. It's a beautiful day in paradise, actually. And uh, you listen to your NPR station in the U.S., Virgin Islands, WTJX-FM. You're truly, Neville James. I got big shots uh, in the house uh, right off the top. And it actually, uh, well, I don't know why I say it gets better, but it'll it'll get at least lateral uh, in our number two. We got uh, the Virgin Islands Police Department Commissioner, Ray Martinez
2: and uh his deputies in the house uh, what's up commission like you said every morning it's another beautiful day in paradise above ground that's what i'm talking about and you got uh gregory o'davala who's the young lady uh zamis our social media specialist Oh, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> that's what you come to me
1: yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, gotta that's get that, the information yeah, out. That's that's that. them, man. seriously <laughs> yeah, I, i've been sitting here for the last 20 minutes just listening to you guys mumbling and talking yeah, um engineer bennett making statements as well and i'm saying so i leave i'll stay until it's time to come
2: on here <laughs> um so what brings you here what brings you in these parts man what Go have you here man man it's always good to be here you know i was great to be on wtj extra be on your show um mm-hmm. You know, just starting to make the radio rounds again. It's a new year, and um, you know, let people know, let our community know what's um, what's going on. You know, and uh, you know, as you know, I prefer when it comes to my operations to put my chiefs out front because they're the ones that run ninety percent of the department, and I just stay in the background and administrate. But you know, as the year starts, you know, I'll jump out and uh, let folks know that I'm still around. And, um, you know, still calling the shots. How's the agency? Uh, great. You know, I mean, we can always be better. But um, from my office, uh, the agency is doing really well. I am so proud of um, all of our personnel, our sworn person- personnel. Um, you know, the work that we put in in 2022 to combat a lot of the um, the violent crimes that we had, a lot of the issues that we have our part one crimes. Um, you know, and of course also very much proud of our civilian staff as well that support the work that our officers do.
1: That's that's good. So I saw you Monday, uh, dressed to the nines and all that stuff showing off
2: over there in the in the well Monday night. How was the state of the territory? The um, you know, like the um governor said, I thought that um I thought it went well. You know, I really appreciated the fact and, and my team, you know, my officers have Sat with a couple of them since Monday, and um, you know they're elated that VIPD was called out for the great work that they're doing. So I am most appreciative uh, of the governor for doing that. Um, it helps with morale. It continues to uh, to keep the the excitement that's in the department uh, for what we're doing right now and how we're responding to um, to crimes and other issues in the community.
1: Now, last year the numbers um, with respect to violent crimes on Saint Croix were not good. Um, have we done any uh, analysis as to why um at one point we had three times as many murders on St. Croix and on St. Thomas of course towards a lot
2: of part of the year that that kind of dropped the two and a, two to one but uh, that's a significant yeah uh, we're number. still um, we're still you know it's a great point we're still looking at the um running through the analytics but um in Leiporson's Paulson's term, the um simply put the three-to-one numbers that we saw with with murders in the territory between St. Thomas and St. Croix uh, were simply based mostly on retaliatory crimes. And, um, you know, you hear folks who say, well, if you've got one folks from one neighborhood um, beefing, as as the youngsters call it, with the next neighborhood, then you guys should be easily be able to try to stop or minimize it. And it's not as simple as it sounds the fact of the matter is that violent crimes especially murders are crimes of opportunity and these unfortunately these young men are putting in the work to um to surveil their apps as they refer to them and um that's why we saw that a uh, significant amount on saint croix as opposed to saint thomas and then we had one
1: on saturday um that uh, lit up the sunny area mm-hmm. um that one uh that one resonated, reverberated. I think is a better term. Uh, the public were was curious was curious as to the volume of the amount um, of shots the deceased uh, suffered. So, so that brings the number to three. Mm-hmm. Of course, we're hoping the number stays at three forever. But um, young people taking themselves out, man. We got literacy problems as, uh, as well as a um, just a access to to weapons problem. So uh, how do we
2: address that? We've been talking about that for at least two decades now? Well, I think that, um, you know, first of all, let me, let me just back up and say that it's, um, it is, it's unfortunate, the mindset of our youngsters. And I say that to say that I, I'm certain that um, a number of individuals in our community are cognizant of, the, um, of what's going on with our youngsters. More importantly, I think what really uh, resonates with me um, is the fact that there was a WhatsApp video Uh, going around that had the audio of the um, of the incident in front of Kmart and the troubling part was that the excited utterance of the youngster who was uh, videoing or or, who had the audio and he was um, celebrating the number of shots that were being fired that speaks volumes to the mindset of um of our youngsters, what do we do, Neville? Um, from a law enforcement perspective, uh, we just have to continue to do our job. We got to get better at our jobs. Uh, but at the end of the day, from a social, um, the social side of the house, is that the last thing we want to do is to be locking up all of our youngsters. Um, so, as a community, and I do not have the answer, but um, as a community, we need to get together to change the mindset of our youngsters. We got to change their mindset to the point where they understand that life has value and that once that life is taken, it's gone. Okay, you don't get it back. This is not a video game. And um, how we get to that aspect, I I don't have the answer.
1: But there has to be, you know, some type of, you mentioned it earlier, some type of um, analytics in terms of how we go about the port uh, defenses, the port mechanisms, because that's that's where they're coming through I and mean, Of course, you, you mentioned when you were here uh, last time that mm-hmm. um, they're actually coming through the mail now in pieces, and they're, they're putting them together. Um, so you know what kind of what kind of uh, what, what mainland support are we looking for? Are we are we getting? Uh, because you know we are isolated. You know there is no you know driving from one place to Saint Croix or or, or from Saint, from the BVI to Saint John or Saint Thomas. So, um, we're gonna need, you know, significant support systems uh, to be, um, you know, help funded by the mainland uh, government because we can't do everything here
2: locally. That's correct. And um, as as you indicated, when I was here last, one of the things I I said was that, you know, the Virgin Islands Police Department nor local law enforcement controls the um, the ports. You know, it is our federal partners, and I must say that um, within the last year, our federal partners. Uh, especially um, CBP, Customs and Border Protection, really did um, a Yopawson's job in in increasing their efforts through the airports. And um, so one of those things was that um, they collected, they stopped a number of firearms easily, uh, probably 7 to 80 firearms coming through the airports uh, in baggage last year. And, um, you know, off the streets, uh, Territorially, I think um, we confiscated between 160 and 190 illegal firearms as well. But that's, again, that speaks volumes to the amount of one, to the fact that individuals are just continuing to, um, to bring them in. This isn't, and, and you know, and two, the fact of the matter remains that it's locals. All right, you know, we uh, at one point in time we were blaming other individuals. We can't blame those individuals. It's locals. Every one of those weapons that we took off, that customs took off the airport, were being brought in by locals. So again, it's the mindset, the ease of getting a firearm in a, on the mainland for two hundred and fifty or three hundred dollars, and bringing it here to the territory and selling it and hand, uh, selling an illegal handgun on average for twelve hundred dollars. Well, that's a, that's that's an awesome market opportunity.
1: We talking three to four to one, uh, profit ratio. That's yeah. that, that, you gonna make. You gonna have a lot of people who want to be a part of that because that's a good return on investment. But having said that, though, are are we prosecuting those who are you know, coming
2: through, um, you know, the airports and all that stuff? At least attempting to prosecute them. Yes, the um, there have been a number of arrests, and um, they're all up for prosecution at this time. Uh, both here, and of course, there are a few of them that were stopped on the mainland uh, as well, uh, and um, they're being um, prosecuted. Mm-hmm. Uh, in addition to that, Neville, we also have to look at the fact that um, we here, you know, the, the way that our new or most recent firearms legislation is um, is written, is that, um, you know, they have to bring in the firearms, fail to to claim them, and then attempt to leave. And at that juncture, we can arrest them. And, and that's what we've been doing. Okay, that's good. Now, um,
1: I know we're talking about violent crime, but uh, white-collar white crime exists as well. Virginia's Virgin Police Department uh, played a role in uh, assisting the Department of Justice in uh, getting to that settlement number of $105 million that was announced in November by the administration? Uh, no, that, that was strictly out of the um, Department of Justice. So th- there was no need for the Virgin Islands Police Department to play a role in that?
2: Well, not that it wasn't a need, but, um, you know, the VIDOJ also has their own special investigations mm-hmm. um, unit, their white-collar unit, and they handled it. Okay, okay. I just want to, you know, cla- not necessarily clarified. I just ask to, to see
1: if you had a role in that because the territory did receive some, um, in this case, uh, unnecessary profile as a result of that. And uh, I was just... Uh, wondering about that but uh the relationship with
2: the attorney general's office as well uh it can again you know as as the relationship with any other department it can always be better there are times that um the vipd and our investigators are going to see things one way and the um department of justice is going to see that very same case another and ask for it maybe ask for additional you know information and stuff uh as far as the investigations and uh we may see it differently but um I would say that um you know over the last year and a half since I've been in this position that um that relationship has uh, we strengthened that relationship uh much three four times over as to what it has been in the past that's good now you you uh
1: came from the law enforcement planning commission um so i'm- i'm i can i'm assuming i will i'll i'll take the the risk here that um, you have an appreciation for what the LEPC is supposed to provide for the people of the Virgin Islands.
2: Um, what's the relationship with the LEPC and the VIPD? Uh, great. Again, you know, the, uh, we utilize LEPC um, to procure additional funding through the, um, the grants, you know, through the U.S. Department of Justice grants. And um, we've been doing especially especially as it pertains to um, our uh, Juveniles and Domestic Violence Units and um a matter of fact we're um we've got a couple of grants from l e p c that we're um you know that we're working through that provides our detectives with um with training and equipment well, how are, how are our domestic violence numbers looking right well the um so we had um territorially uh our part one crimes all were reduced between um Twenty-eight and about thirty-seven mm-hmm. percent, uh, except for domestic violence. Uh, the domestic violence cases once again uh, went up, and I think they went up about uh, maybe eleven or twelve percent over what those numbers were uh, collectively between uh, I'd say between fiscal years uh, twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty-one. And um, of course, it's a lot of that when you look at it. This is throughout the nation as well. Uh, this is not just, you know, specific to the Virgin Islands. Since COVID, mm-hmm. uh, domestic violence um, numbers nationally have raised like nearly 40%, have increased nearly 40%. And, uh, unfortunately, that was anticipated. Yes, it, it was. You know, um, from the national level, you had the, um, when the analytics were run, you know, you put folks in confined spaces mm-hmm. with the inability to, um, to increase space at times. Uh, you're going to have that type of um, those numbers. I don't think that that's national- a sad. That's, that's a sad commentary for civil a civilized society.
1: Though. But those, it's true. It, no, it is. It is. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not denying. I'm just saying that yeah. you know uh, when COVID, you know, w- was uh, expected, um, they they've never been so accurate in their life, yeah. in, in in terms of saying uh, we, we're we're concerned because domestic incidents and um, um, are likely to rise. And voila, they did, and, and to the point where. So you live it, you know. The reason why I say it's, it's a sad commentary because you, you live it. You live. You live in a, uh, in a civilized society. You're hearing them say something is going to happen, and, and you, you
2: still do it. Right, and I think you know to drive the point home. During COVID, you know we we really appreciative of the the um, tourism numbers that we had. We increased, you know, our our tourism numbers increased mm-hmm. exponentially, and. um But what was most um, interesting to me was the number of domestic violence arrests that we had of those same very individuals, those tourists, those visitors to the territory. We had a significant. I don't have the exact numbers on me, Mm -hmm. but we had a significant increase. In domestic violence arrests of individuals visiting the territory, we had a. I mean, we got calls probably two, three times a week at the Mm. different hotels and um, Airbnb's and guest house and stuff, and ended up making arrests. Um, I mean, I I I wish I had the numbers just to really drive the point home, but I can tell you that it was a significant number. Wow. Who hops on a plane
1: or hops on a boat to come? Not fight, man. Yeah, just, just just the thought of it is, yeah. you know. I I don't want to say laughable, but it, it doesn't make any sense, though. I mean, you you, you look outside, man. Who would want to fight in under these circumstances? This is this is heaven.
2: Yeah.
1: Wow. Yeah. Maybe, maybe because maybe because um, yo, what took us so long to get here? And yeah. they blame on other. You know what I'm saying? But 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 that that's unfortunate. That's unfortunate. I'm sorry to hear that. You know, because. Uh, we don't. We don't want anybody getting into violence to begin with, anyway. But under those circumstances, uh, definitely uh, not. But for the most part, you know, as we go through this uh, foundation part of the discussion,
2: you like the trajectory, your agency is on right now. Yes. Yes. You know, and um, you know, I, I had a, earlier this week. I had the opportunity to um, to speak with the um, the new monitoring group that um, we just brought in to try to. Um, not to try, but to ensure that they guide us to get out of this um, consent decree finally. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the things that I indicated to them in just being fortright was the um, the fact that we had we were so engrossed, the executive team and I were so engrossed in uh, getting those initiatives down that would decrease the violent crime rate that um, we kind of lapsed a little on our. Um, you know, it, we're on a consent decrease, So that's we, one of the major things we're going back to now. We'll take a
1: break. We got the commissioner of the First Police Department, Ray Martinez, joining us here this morning. Be back right after this.
0: Goodman, host of Democracy
1: Now. Democracy Now features ideas and voices from some of the best minds of this generation and previous ones, including activists, muckrakers, visionaries, artists, risk takers, academics, and just folks, as in the most just folks who share a commitment to truth, democracy, justice, diversity,
0: equality, and peace. Catch Democracy Now at its new time, weekdays at 10 a.m. here on WTJX FM 93.1.
1: Listening to the wings of a monarch butterfly. What a magical thought. They arrive here on the Day of the Dead, which we celebrate here in Mexico. And a lot of the indigenous people believe that it's the souls of their
0: ancestors that are returning, you know. And it's very spiritual. That's on point with me, Meghna Chakrabarty. Weekdays at 1 p.m. on WTJX FM 93.1. great question. That is a great question. And that's a great question. Wow. That's another great question. That's a, that's a great question. Oh, that's a great, (laughs) that's a great question. That is a great question. What a great question. On fresh air,
1: you'll hear unexpected questions and unexpected answers.
0: Weekdays at 2 p.m. right here on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands.
1: Here analyze this and we're um, having a conversation um with uh, the protector of the people, the Virgin Islands Police Department, uh, Commissioner uh Ray Martinez, the agency um from a personnel standpoint, um where you at percentage wise of,
2: uh, of where you'd wanna be. We wanna be. Uh we we're, st- we're still um about 20 percent short of the um below the numbers for sworn personnel that we would like to have. But um, what that has done, Neville, is it's actually given us the opportunity to move. And, you know, you asked about trajectory, you know, for us to move in a little di- different direction and to, um, to adapt to more technology. And, and that's been working well for us uh, with the um, number of arrests. Now, um, you, got a,
1: you got a partnership with WTJX? Yeah, yeah. We,
2: we got our partnership with... Um, with, with our, um oh gosh, now I, you, we know we're on the airside blanking out on the, um, <laughs> the, sh- the show's name. Vertonious Case f- Files. K- VI Case Files. Yeah, yeah, we got a great partnership. And um I mean, it, thus far, it's been a resounding success. You know, I hats off to um, your executive director, Tanya Singh. CEO. Oh, C- oh CEO. Yeah. yeah I got to call the governor and tell you that's why I want because be called the CEO of the <laughs> VIP. The song more... <laughs> Well uh, yeah you know um, you know to you know tanyas the, the idea for Tanya, her team is just awesome, awesome, awesome and I'm going to tell you what if I had the one I think I would if you can you know when you invite the VIPD back you know I think it'd, it'd be great to, to bring on a major crimes unit so I'd, um and just have them speak on that as to how successful it's been you know we've been receiving tips on those old cases those cold cases that are going to give us the opportunity to um, to close some of those cases and um, and bring justice to for those um, victims and also to their families we we have a good relationship with um, mainland
1: authorities in terms of um, bringing uh, criminals who back home who feel
2: inclined to want to do damage here and then um, hop on a plane and get out of dodge. Oh yeah, definitely. The um, you know both at the state level, with my um, you know the leadership of police departments, where especially those that have um, where we have a, a, a pretty decent mix of Virgin Islanders residing. And of course with the uh, when it comes to, to getting folks but to extradited folks back here with the US Marshals Service, mm-hmm. our um our relationship is um top notch. Okay, that's good. No, I was on the mainland uh
1: lot latter part of October, uh early November. So you know, I'm in Long Island and one day I said, you know what, I ain't gonna take the Cross Island Park with to head back over to Jersey. I'm gonna drive through my own stomping grounds. I can drive through Jamaica, Queens, and then I will access the LIE and go through Manhattan and all that stuff. Um, so this was a Monday. Uh, then I got a ticket through the mail, with, through Hertz. <laughs> Apparently, I ran a red light uh, someplace, you know. And, of course, I know on the mainland, sometimes the lights are up top, and then the, you got subway systems and all that stuff, so sometimes a little bit lower. So I, I, I'm trying to, I, you know, trying to figure out where... Where this happened, but I, I go pay that topic. I go get my red car when I go away. But here, here's the point I wanna make. Got a lot of people running red lights here in the Virgin Islands, man. Is there any detection mechanism that we have that uh you know we could you know I mean, some of the red lights that they be running, this is crazy. I, I'm at five corners. And um heading east. So I'm I am i am looking at you and the Christian Academy, waiting for the light to turn green, and this person, because there's not nobody, no, no um traffic working through under under the um, the lights, they just drive up in the, in the lane where you're supposed to turn up to go to Little um, like Grand Princess Hill, mm-hmm. and just keep going straight. I and, and, and ran the red light. I was like, these people really don't, they don't care. Uh, um, uh, what can we do to deter this type of crazy traffic uh, that's that's taking place? Crazy driving that's taking place. At no more stoplights, like Sunny Isle, another, um, I'm not Sunny Isle, um, Sunny Farm intersection. You know, the people, and they could anticipate, you know, okay, you're on turn the red, well, let me fly through there anyway. I mean,
2: we gotta do something to deter that. And, and we are. The, um, and, and of course, the um, enforcement is the only way you're going to, to deter folks from, um, from violating the traffic, the traffic laws. Uh, so what we've been doing as a matter of fact, between, um, you know, you've heard us speak about the, um, developing this, um, real time crime center. And as a part of the real time crime center, we're going to be, uh, matter of fact, we're traveling the executive team and I are traveling in about, um, two weeks, uh, up to the mainland where we're going to visit, um, three different areas who utilize, uh, was referred to as the red light or the um the, the red light program or the red light initiative or the green light program and um we've already have you know thanks to uh, Governor Brian we already have the monies set aside to purchase this um this red light system we are about um, 80% complete with our um E-citation program, which um, brings together the um, the data and the systems for not just VIPD but the Bureau of Motor Vehicles and the courts, the Superior Court as well, and um, so that's about I, I want to say about seventy-five, eighty percent complete. So I would venture to say that um, probably by about the fourth quarter of this year, uh, you know, or closer to the end of the year, we're going to have. Uh, a red light program or the green light system in place. And the only difference between them, Neville, is that one of them is uh, continuous, uh, which is a, the, the red light program is continuously records as opposed to the green light program, which the light only, uh, the camera only records when the um, green light goes off. Okay. Okay. That's, uh, well, I'm glad to hear that. You know what I'm saying? Because, um,
1: the tra- yo, some of our drivers, man. You'd be surprised. It's like they're not thinking, or I know they're in a rush to get to some place. But instances they just feel like violating. and don't want to be, in a, don't want to respect the law, man.
2: Neverland. And when I'm driving, uh, you know, many folks I pulled over myself. My, you know, I, I don't hide mm-hmm. here on Saint Croix. My um, vehicle says PD one, and mm-hmm. Saint Thomas it says PD two, mm-hmm. and in broad daylight, folks drive around me and 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 violate the the, the traffic lights as well. Okay, and, and I'm sitting there as a police commissioner in a vehicle. I mean, if you could read, you would know that it has to be someone <laughs> high-ranking to be driving a vehicle that says PD One or PD Two, and we mm-hmm. still have to turn to run them down and um wow. and, and and pull them over. Yeah, them. so, so I'm, I'm just asking the public, man. You know, when I was young, you know, we used to do crazy
1: things too. But you know, in reality, yo, know, just respect the light. That, that's all. That's all uh, we 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 asking for here. So <clears throat> let, let, let me ask. Uh, this this question. Governor championed the cannabis bill, mm-hmm. and um, there were a number of us at the time when the legislation originated, was not naive enough to know that marijuana, there, yeah, right, because it's here. So right. it's been here. It's gonna always be here. Correct. Right. Uh, we were concerned about the fact that uh, there's a criminal you know, component, you know, to that life at the right. time when it was illegal. I mean, look, I just want to be candid with my audience here, right? Right. I'll mean, be even candid say, I live in a gambling shop for 10 years, <laughs> just right. check. so I heard the stories up close and personally. You know, I never delved in that, uh, you know, uh, arena. But I used to hear the story them uh, and, and all that stuff. Have you assured the governor that when the effectivity... Which I believe is sometime in July, Correct. right, um, Actually, is realize that we are in a position to address the potential of criminal activity associated
2: with weed. Well, I just want to have a candid conversation. We're not, here we're not that. at that. Um, we're not at that point yet. Okay, because there's some things that can you coming on? And from. I don't, I don't talk to you about this in the next hour. But I, you,
1: know, you, you are, right? You know, the leader of an entity that has dealt with a lot of drug-related crimes in the Virgin house, And I, I, I would be remiss if I didn't, you know, no, uh, no, candidly no. ask you because well, no. the public expects me. You know, in this
2: is, to ask to, to, to ask the questions that need to be asked. I, I expect you. I, ex, I didn't expect to come here for you to sugarcoat stuff. There, that well, would, no, that wasn't going to happen. You know, but, that, um, that's for the bowling alley when we, so when, <laughs> we, when we
1: when we used to win leagues, you know, the, the Premier League in the Virgin Islands, by the way, back in the day you know, before the knees before our knees came exactly, calling. You know what, exactly. what I'm
2: saying? But yeah, that's a, that's another discussion. So, but I can tell you that. Um, even with the passage of that legislation, we're not ready to get out there at this juncture and start um, to to do those things that need to be done as it pertains to the enforcement aspect. Mm -hmm. Uh, Commissioner Ricky Evangelista and I are um are key players in this because there's some equipment that we need to bring in, mm-hmm. uh, some breathalizers. They're equivalent to the alcohol breathalyzers mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. what folks don't understand or they're missing is the fact that they believe they're going to be able to just because it's legalized um, to a certain degree, medicinal and for some recreation, that they'll be able to just walk in the street, um, you know go exercise in the afternoon and walking on, on the bypass and, and you got joint to your mouth. That's mm-hmm. not the way that, that is st- it's still illegal mm-hmm. for that. And uh, But there's some equipment that we're going to bring in that's um, where we are going to have to stop. We can stop individuals and test them on the street, on the roadways to, um, to see just how, for lack of a better term, intoxicated or high mm-hmm. they are. Uh, so we're not there yet we 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 needed the legislation to be passed first so that when we order the equipment, the equipment uh is calibrated to match the um the statute what this the statute yeah. in addition to that, the cannabis board still has quite a bit of work to do, and um in order for us to actually get out there and start doing stuff a lot of this the um owners for a lot of this also falls on the um Department of Licensing, DLCA, mm-hmm.
1: uh,
2: because, again, that's where most of the, you know, we're, we're just the enforcement arm on the outside. Correct. DLCA and their enforcement team, why we're going to partner with them because they don't have the personnel. We got the personnel, mm-hmm. but um, it really falls on them. And um, but we're not going to just leave them out there with their two or three officers because you know, they're they're severely short staffed mm-hmm. but um you know, to your point, yeah we're not gonna we're we're not ready at this you know today, we're not ready, but so we're gonna continue to enforce the way we have been um enforcing. We're still um you know with the governor's office as well as the Department of justice yeah. are still um analyzing the um the legislation. Uh, so, and then, of course, we then have to train our people, our enforcement officers, and bring them up to speed as to what can and can't be done, what's allowable and what's not allowable. And just to show also, and and, and why that is so important, is just at the Juve, we had individuals who were openly attempting to smoke their weed mm-hmm. on the roadways, and we walked up to them all we like, hey, bro, you know, big man, you can't do that. And they were telling, oh yeah, yeah, we could do that now because um, you know, they they passed a law, really, okay. Well, what is the law? say? Well, me really no, mm-hmm. but um, I, I know they passed the law. I said, but well, so you don't know what's in the law, but you're telling me they passed a law. Listen, you know, so a lot of it also goes back that um. Ricky and I, Commissioner Evangelista, and I are going to have to get out there. Uh, we spoke about it yesterday, as a matter of fact, at, at a, in a, one of our executive uh, PD meetings regarding um, getting out the PSAs and stuff as well. And, um, you know, and, and advising folks as to what's expected and what they can and can't do. Now, now you know, just listening to you,
1: it's um, <clears throat> my belief that there is going to be some type of task not task force but some joint force between yourself DLCA obvious reasons dispensaries and all that stuff they're going to fall under under DLCA correct you mentioned um, the Department of Justice. I'm assuming Public Health. Department of Health is going to be a part of this as they well. Are, they are a huge part of yeah, it So, well. so are you? Is there going to be? Are we going to put a, the, uh, the governor is going to put together or you know ask of the leaders of of this? Uh, well, of course, you can answer that question. But uh, from an ex- expectation standpoint, are you going to be coming together on a periodic basis, prior to effectivity and then subsequent to that,
2: because this is a quantum leap that we're taking now most definitely and we, be, and we we've had initial meetings before mm-hmm. uh, especially as it pertains to the board and um that's where we've had the opportunity to to just start begin the dialogue and um, while again when we start talking about enforcement and licensure yes that's VIPD and DLCA but uh, the department of health again you know plays a crucial role with the acquisition of a lot of the equipment that's going to be needed as well, uh, to ensure that we're doing the um, that we're doing the right thing. That you know, whether it's the dispensaries, uh, the individuals that are growing this stuff. You know, the, this a lot of this stuff has to do between three percent and six percent and over six percent. You know, mm-hmm. and um, so there's a lot of and, and, and the,
1: three, the three pots and the six parts. Right. Yesterday, yesterday we were we were looking at because um, one of the ways to to, to find out. You know how you can make you know this quantum leap effective. Is look at other jurisdictions and see what they did and what worked. And in our case, the, the comparable um, the jurisdictions would be, coastline. I mean, uh, uh, coastal areas, mm-hmm. Alaska with Aleutian Islands, Hawaii. They got right. medicinal and all that stuff. So you know, there's there's a there's a template there, but uh, it's not as easy and cut and dry as. The people who you were talking to at Juve want to believe what well, it
2: is. Yeah, it, it's it, not. A, and um, a lot of the um, information um, that we, are the, the greater portion of the template that the board is utilizing, has a lot to do with, um, with how they're doing things in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Okay, because they are probably as close to us um, geographically, the makeup yeah. um, as we are. So we're taking a lot from them. And again, sometimes, you know, the one thing that we hear and as a community have to, um, in, uh, as a law enforcement community, it makes no sense to reinvent the wheel. These folks have been doing it longer than we have. Mm-hmm. Uh, many of them have, um, issues before the courts right now that, um, have been challenged so we can take a look at, you know, what they've done, right. What they um, can do better, mm-hmm. and uh, and start from there. It makes no sense to reinvent the wheel. But also, we're um, let's be honest, we've already passed the legislation. Now we're nowhere close, in my opinion, to be able to get out there and start enforcing properly tomorrow. Because then we're going to end up in. Front so we
1: got of we got a, we got hundred and fifty days or so thereabouts between. But and but we got that, what to do? You're, we, we, you're, we, we, a, you're we, a numbers guy. No, we right? got what to do. We got take exactly. a break. We got we we'll take a break. We come back. I want to touch on a press conference that was, um, some people believe controversial, but it was near and dear to you around a year ago from now, and and and, and look back and see where we could go about in terms of um, checking the aftermath of that. It's got Commissioner Ray Martinez from the Virgin Islands Police Department in the house. We'll be back right after this.
0: I'm Scott Tong from Public Radio's Midday News Magazine, Here and Now. We bring you all the news that happens between the morning headlines and the afternoon wrap-up. Plus, conversations with authors and artists, stories that affect you, maybe a story about you. So join us for NPR's Midday News Magazine, Here and Now. Weekday afternoons from 3 to 5 p.m. right here on WTJX fm 93.1. You know exactly how you take your morning coffee.
1: Knowing where to get news you can rely on is just as simple. Listen to Morning Edition from
0: NPR News every weekday. From 6 to 8 a.m. here on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. You can also listen on demand via the WTJX app. Available for download from the App Store in Google Play.
1: We're back here on analyze this, and we got the police department's head honcho uh, in the studio, uh, Ray Martinez, commissioner, Ray Martinez, uh, join us. Good morning once again. Morning, uh, morning. Uh, commissioner. You know, on this show, um, my audience, they, they like to send me the, 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 the questions, They're not in the business of calling and harassing you uh, while you're here. That's why, you know, the strength of the show is the audience. They, they, you can see from the length of this one, well, this is a long one, right? This. <laughs> <laughs> Right, right. But so we're going to get to that, to that question uh, in a little bit. You know, a year ago, <clears throat> we had a senseless murder. We've had a number of senseless murders in the Virgin Islands over the years, right? But one last year did not sit well with the entire Virgin Islands to the point where the deceased who lived on St. Croix made the front page of the Virgin Islands Daily News. hmm And you held a press conference, and it was personal for you. And for for those who may not know, I'm not telling any story. We're a small community. People know each other. We have relationships. um, And things happen. And you literally told the criminal element, you know, we're going to chop you down at your knees. Just paraphrase
2: uh, what what you said. I,
1: I think that's what you said verbatim, right? And, you know, I was in support of that type. Of, of mentality um i don't want to speak specifically to that case but to include that case along with other cases how do we go about making uh, i don't want to say making sure but giving the requisite effort and resources to bringing these kind of criminals which actually in that case that was so sad and so many bad things that subsequently that there was another um, death related to that one. So you know, uh, how, how do we how do we go about with the balancing act? That's the question I want to ask. With us, laying the uh, criminal element, no, we're not going to be intimidated with you. We're going to put all the resources uh, in place to
2: make sure that your type of mentality is locked up. Well, and and to date, I I still believe hundred percent that um i did not think there's some folks that were a little taken aback by my pastor back then um i don't apologize for it as a matter of fact i think i should have been even tougher all (laughs) right um it sounds like you man but um you know so we put a tremendous amount of effort into that case to the point where we have um the arrest warrants for those two young men them two punk all right wow and um who subsequently that ran to the states and have been hiding and going from state to state. So they're on the okay. lam. Oh, they're on the lam. Mm-hmm. Okay. But we're closing in. Mm-hmm. Okay. You can only run but, but so long. And, um, you know, and, and the thing is, is that if you're bad enough to attempt to, or, or to be involved in a type of um, heinous acts that you are, that you've been in, and I know for a fact we have the right people. We got warrants for the right people. Mm-hmm. Okay? You're confident in that? 120%. Mm-hmm. We are, you, you are a bad man to fire shots, broad daylight, like, protect the life of somebody. But then you're showing me that you are a punk because now you're running. We're running for. <laughs> you did it, right? Or even if you didn't do it and you know that we're looking for you, come and. Um, Turn yourself in. No, I want pup- more. I, I, I,
1: I, don't, I don't think it's, it's, it's funny. I, I'm, I'm just laughing at how you are depicting them because you, you're pretty much saying
2: that uh, they, they're perpetrating a fraud. That's what, but uh, they're cowards. Yeah. And, 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 but that's not the hurtful part. Yeah. The hurtful part is that they're on the lamb. Mm-hmm. It's been a year, though. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, they're on they the mainland and the lamb who's helping them to survive? Their families. Okay? So we don't blame them alone. Mm -hmm. We blame the families as well. So, whomever their family members are that are supporting them to this day, you're punks as well. You are the problem. Okay? A problem. A part of the problem. A huge part of the problem. Okay?
1: But, because we got, I know, I, I don't want, I want to you, we got some loving parents who have gone out of their way to provide for their children, and their children just went wayward on their own. Yeah, you know, so I, I don't, we, we don't want to indict parents just because their their children may have been in criminal activity. Now there are parents
2: who support. Hey. Exactly. That's those are the ones yeah, I indicted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Good. You I are the worst. I, I want to make that distinction
1: here. They yeah. are
2: the worst. Yeah. I don't want the audience okay. to add the And that's, I'm not, we just, and have, and it's I'm, not I'm, just. We are playing a broad brush. You know, and, and I'm not specifically speaking to the parents of these young men. I don't know who the family members are that are supporting them. What I do know is that their family members supporting them. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. It may not necessarily be their parents, but they are family members supporting them. To keep them on the land go the lamb going from state to state. We got so we we,
1: we got we got laws for that type of um, evasion of of accessory. In addition to the crimes committed, most, most definitely, okay. you
2: know, there are a ton of accessory um, okay, good um, crimes. Mm-hmm. You know that they can be that that mm-hmm. followers, friends, and family can be charged with. Mm-hmm. But you know, and that's just one case, right? Mm-hmm. That 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 was so unfortunate. Mm-hmm. And and like I said, we're closing in on them. Just prior to her, um, the uh, unfortunate demise, right? You had another case that we made some arrests on, another heinous one, which was the double murder of 216 year olds, two 17 year olds in Casa Coakley. Mm-hmm. We made arrests in those. So.
1: so the arrests were made. So it, wasn't yeah. just, it wasn't just we got
2: warrants. Those no, arrests no, no, were no. made. No, the arrests were made. Yeah. Okay. Um, just last year, we had um, five arrests for. Murders on Saint Thomas, out of the ten, we we made arrests in five, mm-hmm. and here on Saint Croix with our twenty-five murders, we had arrests I think in um, nine or ten of those cases. Mm-hmm. Right, and, so fifty percent. So and St. Thomas, 40%, 35%, 40% on Saint Thomas, forty percent, thirty-five, forty percent on Saint Croix. Right, just about. Yeah. Okay, and um, so we put that effort. Okay, and I have to take put the, my hats off to the Forensic and, and Criminal Investigations Bureau, Major Crimes, uh, the Intelligence Unit, okay? These guys work their behinds off. They put 100 200%, 300% behind every single case, mm-hmm. okay? There is not one violent crime, especially murders, that where one gets more, um, they work harder on one more than the next. Every one of them gets the same um, you know they did the same amount of um attention of, to of attention right? yeah okay yeah. and um so the um and we're going to continue to do that mm-hmm. you know and again the numbers are also rising quickly because of the um a lot of it has to do with the technology that we're utilizing as well
1: well well let me ask this question senator uh Francis and i you know we we uh you know at the time I had some good you know um Contract employees who had worked uh, in government and we passed um, legislation for a forensic lab here in the Virgin Islands. Now, I know it's easy, you know, but it's still an investment, an inf- infrastructural investment. This is 2015, 2016. Um, the hurricanes hit in 2017 and we get a lot of this federal money. And one of the reasons why they, they make this federal money available to us is to harden our infrastructure and the forensic lab is infrastructure. Now, given criminal activity that tends to take place after storms, isn't that legitimate justification for asking FEMA and the federal government maybe we could divert some of that recovery money to constructing this forensic lab that we need to assist us in putting the mechanisms in place along the lines of what you're talking about?
2: I mean, from I mean know, that's from, for you and the governor to from, talk about from it, one so. perspective um, I would hope that it is again you know the, the FEMA rules are the FEMA rules on mm-hmm. the time there uh, in my opinion a lot more convoluted than I would like them to be so I don't know if it is something that we would be able to do with you but you can also we can always make the request um, the request all they say is no that's all
1: yeah <laughs> man so, um, so if you will you know so you know, you know I take away from this conversation see if you could reach out to the uh, my good friend and you know a lot of people you know may not have a <clears throat> the same feel for her but I'm I'm a big uh, Adrian Williams actor fan and uh, she's the she's a disaster recovery director so oh, See dear. if you yeah. could reach out to her uh, and see maybe we could you know divert and actually you know there's nothing wrong with um an island or any jurisdiction possessing the best facility at a particular time and maybe we could have that here in in, in these parts you know because the reality is and that's, that's, you know, the governor talks about cannabis being a, a right. revenue generator. That could be a job generator and, really? and all that stuff. And, and we got a lot of our virgin elders who study forensic science.
2: Right. Well, I mean, I, I'm, I, I'm a proponent for all of those things, especially mm-hmm. when it comes to technology. Okay. Mm-hmm. Whatever makes it... Um, Facilitated. Facilitates us, makes yeah. it easier for our guys to do their work. We are yeah, going man. to be there. That's why that's you what? hear us speaking about this real time crime mm-hmm. center. You know, because uh, once we get that in place, the um, again, you know, we would have our own. You know, we got not depend on anybody. We can mm-hmm. send video and and, and um, stuff after to anybody to um to deal with for us to break down and analyze. We can do all of that ourselves here in real time. and, and that's the key. No, you uh, earlier you were very candid
1: um, um, as to why, when I asked the question, the question, excuse me, you know, um, why the violent crime taking place, and you said, you know, in, in some instances I don't know, yeah, right? Yeah. And so that that was, I I thought that was awesome, you know, actually, because sometimes folks get a title and they believe they got the answer for everything and they don't, yeah, I, right? I don't have so I appreciate that. Uh, one of my uh, <coughs> listeners. Uh, was worrying about um, federal funding, specifically supporting the early start in terms of education and, 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 and getting them to understand at an early age, you know, childhood education, right? Let, let them know, yo, cause when we were small, we never thought like how some of these young children are thinking. now. Right, out. right, right. So something, there's, something happened, you know, yeah. something, something, you know, was lost because we were afraid of jail. Yeah. Not, not 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 afraid of it, per se, that because if we do the crime, we're willing to pay the time. We just don't want to live that life where Correct. our freedom Correct. has been Correct. taken away from us. Mm-hmm. So, is there anything we could do in, um, with our federal partners in
2: that regard in terms of childhood education, well, getting get them at my young age? I'm certain there is, but I think we don't. I don't even think me personally, Ray Martinez. I don't even think that um, we need to go seek out assistance from our federal partners. I think that um, we need to. We've got. A uh, ton of funding for education, and and one of the programs I've spoken about it over the years um, has been that I believe, I strongly believe, that we need to foster um, conflict resolution in our schools, uh, make it mandatory from the third grade, All right? Because it is at that time that I understand, you know, from uh, reading up on some articles with uh, from. You know, that have been written that, hey, it's during this time, around the second and the third grade, that you really start to to obtain those uh, conceptual skills, you know, to hone them. And um, I think that as a result of that, from the third grade, we need to institute conflict resolution in, in all our schools, with all of our kids. That's what I'm uh, talking about. So, um, going forward. What's, what, what are you looking for for 2023, obviously reduced crime? Well, you know, <laughs> the reduction in, in, in um, the continued reduction of all of our Part 1 crimes, uh, of course, is at the forefront. But also um, getting out of this consent decree, getting closer to, to getting out of the consent decree.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, it's been too long. okay. And what has happened is that um, some of our officers um, feel that we've been in it so long that uh, we're not... Go to get out, and they've lost some of that um that energy that they've had to do the, the the um the things that is that are needed for us to um to finally reach that level where they say well you know you've, re- you've reached some you've obtained substantial compliance and you're out. We're too close, you know, we're a couple paragraphs uh, from getting out, so we just need to get back on track with that. That's that's huge for us as well. The real time crime center, uh, and uh, which brings in our traffic cams and e-citation and stuff. Those are, uh, I would say that those are the three top. And of course, maintaining the energy, the drive that our officers have now mm-hmm. with the uh, community policing and just doing the job that they've done, that great job that they did in 2022. Uh, I would love to um, to ensure that we keep that drive, you know, that we, keep, we stay on that path and that we maintain that and even um, come into greater... Uh, a greater partnership with the community and you and i can't you know never slip on it. i gotta thank the community as well the community, the, the v i community has um been a great partner to v i p d folks are coming um coming up you know folks are giving us information are coming out as witnesses and um you know and and that is what we attribute a lot as well. To this reduction, you know, of you know the average crimes over the last 20 years, we have been averaging between 46 and 52 murders a year. We just had 35 murders in the last year. I think it's mm-hmm. the second um, lowest we've had in 20 years. It's still 35 okay. too much, though. Uh, it, listen, more than too much, yeah. but you know, um, I, I'm, I don't want to. We're not boasting on it, mm-hmm. but we're using it as a as a to gauge just what we can do how effective our efforts and our initiatives are and if and to gauge that and to say hey we can go even lower awesome um i want
1: to thank you for uh joining us this morning uh commissioner martinez and your deputies are uh, uh davila and your uh, social media uh employer and at some point you know, i want to get you back in so we could talk about you know what took place uh well what how you view uh, what took place in buffalo east buffalo uvalde
2: yes. You know, Pittsburgh,
1: just- Cyprus, and then most recently in Monterey and okay. Half Moon, and that's crazy type of thing because that's that's bigger than just a police department thing. That's a societal thing. societal yeah, that's a that's a social a, a, so, to- a social problem there. Thanks a lot, yeah. glad to have you on. Hey Neville, as usual, It's great to have been here. Thank yeah, you man, so thanks a lot, man. Good to see you, man. Yeah, you got it. That's uh- Commissioner Ray Martinez uh, joining us this morning, Orange Police Department. We'll take a break. We'll be back right after this.
0: The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters.
1: What is the secret to happiness? That's a really good question. And how can we live a more meaningful existence?
2: Here's the secret, I think, of life.
1: I'm Manoush Zamarodi. Each week on NPR's TED Radio Hour, we go on a journey with TED speakers who help us answer some of life's biggest questions.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah, let's get right to it. Join us. Saturdays at 4 p.m. here on WTJX FM 93.1.
2: On
1: Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, we are not afraid to stand up to the high and mighty like Jeff Bezos. He had
0: that big cowboy cowboy hand on. on. (laughs) <laughs> he looked like like a shrink ray had hit Garth Brooks.
2: <laughs> I'm Peter Sagal. Join me as we speak truth to power, at least until power agrees to buy us out, on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me from NPR.
0: Saturdays at 1 p.m. and Sundays at 2 p.m. right here on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands.